Hello and welcome to Michael and Ivanka's Grand Podcast. I am Ivanka Maic. And my name is Michael Forrest. How are you today? <laughs> I'm alright. I've loaded myself up on some caffeines and I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to talk about travel this week with you. How are you? I've got a crick in my neck, which is frustrating me. Um, but yes, I'm good. I am well. Mm. (laughs) all right well let's do this let's hear that sort of dubstepy glitch bit step swell (laughs) and let's get into this serious business of talking about travel travel I don't think you should have three coffees again before we record the podcast. Um, All right, fine. But you know, good, good leaders. Maybe, or we should both have three coffees. Maybe we should both. Tell, Ivanka, tell me about your week. Uh, my week, it's been it's been a week. It's uh, this week is my Trump anniversary week. Uh, yes, yes, it is. And uh, I've probably spent two or three months thinking about what, if anything, I should do to mark such an auspicious day. And uh, I've had all sorts of crazy ideas, some very, very uh, flamboyant, some less so. Uh, and in the end, I settled on writing a podcast. Uh, no, I didn't write a podcast. I settled on writing a blog. You speak at podcasts, don't you? You talk podcasts. You, you don't write You did them. talk about watching an article <laughs> did last I? week, so I think let's just keep mixing it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good to mix up the verbs. Um, so I did, I did, I wrote a blog. Uh, a blog post on uh, my blog ivanka.blog <laughs> and uh, but it took it was a it was a it was actually quite a difficult task i must have spent quite a few hours compo- composing my blog post um i have great uh, respect for people who write for a living to deadlines mm. <laughs> so like, yeah it takes a long takes time, a long to, write time to write anything that you want to publish, I find, which is why I blog so infrequently. Um, The pithier you want it to be, the longer it takes as well. That's always been one of my favourite. I'm sorry this letter is so long, I didn't have time to write you a shorter one. It's one of my favourite little quotes. Um, So, But I did take my time. Uh, I got some feedback from some friends and my sister, (laughs) who's quite good Mm. at going... Uh, cutting me down to size <laughs> being my younger sibling that's part of her role in life um and you obviously didn't you know you haven't kept her in check enough as the eldest <laughs> oh, why not? that's why you know <laughs> i had to uh, i had to maintain an iron position <laughs> head of seven uh, <laughs> I, uh, I do they they do um they do accept who is in charge uh but that doesn't stop them ridiculing me um, no, that's fine. So, uh, uh, yeah, well, they are my harshest critics, I find. Um, but yeah, so I did, I did that, and uh, I was quite pleased with the uh, end result. Uh, so I was willing to share it, and uh, I sent it to a couple of journalist people, and uh, so I got uh, it got 
referenced in the gar- an article written about it in the Guardian. Uh, that's pretty good. That's pretty cool. And uh, I am also going to be speaking to somebody from BBC World Service later on today, uh, who was one of the first people I spoke to on uh, on on Trump Trump Tweet Day, and I liked her very much as well as this Guardian journalist. So those the two people that I contacted, <laughs> I thought they're nice people. And as discussed previously, we only like doing things with nice people. <laughs> Well, yes. Um, <laughs> your success rate with press is about infinity percent more than mine has been on my oh, <laughs> my last attempt to get any press. So, absolute huge congrats on making that happen. Because, uh, yeah, thank you. Your instincts have been proven correct on this. Yes, thank you, thank you. Though, I mean, I do have the. Uh, as as discussed in the aforementioned blog post, having a megaphone handed to you by Donald Trump does make it a little bit easier to uh, contact people. So that's one definitely one good thing that has come out of the Twitter twi- tweeter the Twitter um, thing. One good, one good thing that's come out of Donald Trump getting into power <laughs> is that you got some press. <laughs> I've got some contacts. Wow. Um, but. I've I've uh, stuck with my climate change agenda, um, though uh, recording our podcast last week did make me realise that actually I know nothing about it. <laughs> well, yes, I mean I I certainly I, I I'm glad we talked about it because it wasn't really something that was in my daily consciousness, and now it is, which is a good start. I think so. I think. But- there's something about intention and all these kind of words that people use in in hippie <laughs> hippie setting that quite you know if you're you're I think you do need to have a conscious intention to con- be concerned about the climate and I think the more we hear about it and talk about it and the more uh, it's in our consciousness the more chance there are of us doing something about it uh, having an idea having an idea clever having an idea or, yeah. yeah I don't know I uh, I spoke also this week because I do a, a little tiny bit of teaching at Sussex University to product design students. I did it last year and I'm going to do it again this year. And the professor, the professor in charge, I met her for a coffee yesterday and we, we were having a chat and she is going to be writing a book on design and sustainability, which is quite, oh. it is obviously more, um, it'll be a much <laughs> more thought through artifact than our podcast in terms of our sort of our, our, our brief reference to the importance of uh, design constraints but sustainability sustaining life on the planet does need to become a sort of shared objective I think uh, so yeah what about what about you so you, you're enjoying your new job oh, it's fine I'm, I'm getting on with it I met the 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 it's weird. I don't want to talk about it too much because I think they might listen to this and then I'll be like, I don't want to kind of worry about what I said. Fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah. It's it's um, it's it's fine. I'm just churning through some stuff. But yeah, otherwise I've uh, I'm yeah. This week my biggest kind of panic is I've got a I've got this guy coming from this that website to come and film me next week and I really haven't got very far. And last night just even just trying to make a little Arduino 
sort of light ring things or flash the way I wanted ended up taking me much longer than I thought it should because I was just not connecting things properly I was, I was trying to kind of prototype it in a in an easier way for me but it just meant that it didn't work properly so like my attempts to uh like figure things out always get sidetracked by trying to kind of optimize the workflow for future so that like you know rather than do something in a sort of semi-permanent way now try and figure out a way that i can do it in a way that's not as just tr yeah I, i'm a i'm a victim of my own attempts to optimize my future workflow sometimes and then i always like figure out this perfect workflow and just never do the thing again so i might as well have just done it this you know the, the clumsy way the first time no one knows what i'm talking about <laughs> can't, can't, can i uh, recommend just uh, enjoying yourself <laughs> So the well, there's all no time. I, had, well, I want three five-minute videos. Do you know how long much work that is? <laughs> so much work. Because <laughs> you got to make a thing, figure out how to make the thing, and then you got to. Uh, it took me a month to edit the last five-minute video I made. Yeah, a that month. Is Full back. time. <laughs> long days, like a month. <sighs> And uh, I need to make this so that it doesn't take me a month. It needs to take me maybe two days per video, maybe yeah, three. Yeah. yeah. And even then, I don't know if that's going to take me forever because I haven't got three days. <laughs> <laughs> so we could um, we could I, we could amend our quote to uh, "I'm sorry this video is so long. I didn't have time to make a short one." <laughs> Evanki, you uh, have done so. You did that. You've done some trips, haven't you? Some Things I know about you: you have you did your bike motorbike ride down America. Yeah. And also, I wanted to ask you about the private jet flights um, <laughs> as well, because I never went on the private jet. <laughs> um, I, I sort of didn't really want to, but I sort of did. But that sounded interesting. So maybe we can talk about. Maybe you can tell us about those. Well, start with the America thing, maybe. <laughs> the, uh, the travel. See, that's why I've I was... never really asked you about it either. So you know, what my Ameri my driving down the Americas. Yeah. Really? Well, that's the thing. I discussed this with with Trexit Roz and her walk around Europe. I'm like, you take months off and you go and do this amazing epic journey, and then you come home. And people go, "Oh, you're back? Yeah, was it nice? Yeah, good." Anyway, <laughs> let, let me tell you about this thing that happened yesterday at work or something. You're like, but what about my amazing trip? I've got so many stories. Uh, when I was in America. When I was in Alaska. <laughs> when I was on the Dalton Highway. When I was in Guatemala, you know. Oh, please, come on. <laughs> Will you ever stop talking about that? Um, uh, so I do a lot of travelling. I like travelling. I think, like we discussed last week, there is a bit of a sort of conflict with the whole um, carbon footprint thing and long-haul flights and all that jazz. Um, but uh, I think travel is a great, 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 great way of learning things. And it's very good for your mind I find mm. so I have done I have done lots of traveling all my life there's places I haven't been to some I want to go to I've also done the I've done the Trans-Siberian big big epic journeys I've done Trans-Siberian Railway okay I did that after uni with my mate Paul and we did St. Petersburg to Beijing and then wow. 
And then with the only bit we'd really properly planned was the travel. We were like, I, I was, I didn't want to go on my own. I don't particularly like traveling on my own. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily got anything to do with being a woman. But you know, if you're if you're on your own, even if you want to nip the loo, you got to take your backpack with you. It's just a pain. Yeah, it's- Jeffrey Lewis has a good song about that. Um, <laughs> like when you're on your own and you've got your bag and you want to go to the toilet and they always look at you like you, you're going to leave or no, no, I'm just going to the bathroom but I've just got to pick up all my stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah a good it's song about that. But tell me, I want to kind of, I want to know more, more figures about these trips. Like, okay, um, how how long did that take? So, tra- how many cities? Where? How many places did you stop? Like, let me just try and okay. like see it a bit more because it's just like words. Trans Siberian Railway. I ten days in total. That actual journey, seven of which are on a train at nights and days. But we flew into Saint Petersburg, then did overnight to Moscow, then had two days in Moscow, then went all the way to. Irkutsk, which is the town very close to Lake Baikal in Siberia. Mm. Uh, and we did two nights there, maybe three. I remember the in, the fun, the the peculiar thing about doing the Trans-Siberian is you're, you're going across many, many time zones, but without the pilot telling you that your ladies okay. and gentlemen, local time is. <laughs> you're like, huh? And there's people a- getting on because the train travels the whole width of... Siberia of the, the the former Soviet Union basically well actually it's just Russia and you're passing I think it's nigh on 12 time zones but people still use it just to hop from one city to the next you're the only one that's there on an epic journey obviously you're not the only one but there's quite a few mm. people um and so it's then, a normal uh, train and then I remember in Irkutsk we had an extra night because We'd got so confused about what day it was <laughs> that we didn't realise we'd we, we'd gained a day or lost uh, something. It was confusing. And then we went to then it was another three days maybe to Beijing. And when you cross the border from Russia to China, they have to. It's a different gauge railway, so they pick the train up and change its wheels. Wow, that was mental. Yeah. They pick the train up and change it. You have to How get many off. wheels as a train got? I don't think they change the wheel. I think they change the... They don't change a wheel at a time. And they take... The, I think you can detach the, I don't know, the wheel housing. Probably has a special mm. name. So it's... I think they must do it unit by unit with maybe four wheels it's on like it. like a big machine to lift it up. Yeah, well, we didn't or, get to actually see them doing that bit because you have to get off. Yeah. Oof. Like, I can't even imagine how you change the wheels on a train have to find a youtube video about it well there's something to do and then but then what we did in china because we i we i know this figure because we added it up in the end but we did twenty thousand kilometers in china on trains um mm. so we kind of looped all the way as far west as you could go without going to tibet and then came back down uh went to then sort of left out of hong kong Okay. So this was pre-repatriation of Hong Kong, ninety-six. Yeah. I went to Hong Kong last year. Oh, did you? So that's the only. That's the only time. Oh, not last. Yeah, like recently. Um, for three weeks for work. Did you have a nice time? It was. Yeah, it was nice. The people that I was working for were very, very helpful and sort of told me where to go and what to see. But yeah, having um, having spent a few weeks in Japan um like 10 years ago uh, which i i enjoyed how kind of different just sort of basic things were how it was just like how you realized so many of our conventions are just sort of 
pretty arbitrary yeah. and sort of habits that we have and ways we have of doing things. Just seeing how a different culture can just grow of its own accord and just do things in its, like certain small things in its own way. For example. Hong Kong was, of, I don't know, just seeing like on the floor, like don't smoke and walk signs and having like a little umbrella thing where you could put your umbrella and get a little padlock and you'd have to put it back and that would be, there was no sort of like, um, it seemed like a different attitude to sort of personal responsibility in in that society um to what we used to like everything's got to be nailed down or it's going to get stolen immediately or mucked about with by kids whereas it, it seemed it seemed different but my point was really more like after kind of japan seeming sort of like excitingly alien like hong kong was this very weirdly familiar yeah <laughs> it was sort of like, not yeah it does have China stuff going on, like you've got the big signs going across the street and all and this kind of thing, and it's obviously like very you know dense yeah. and like I like kind of going up the escalators to the top of the mountain and just seeing all the trees and how they sort of deal with the trees and the buildings and kind of it's sort of they're living together, but you know my my phone I still like my phone just works normally I've had in you know unlimited data on my plan still, all the plugs are the same, so yeah. it's sort of i think um it's hard to get somewhere that's sort of that different, isn't it? One of the things I like about Hong Kong, which says more about my uh, cultural heritage or whatever, that are who I am, is the fact I like it because it is a mishmash of two cultures. Mm. So, the, yeah, there is definitely... After travelling in China for a couple of months, we were there and we arrived in Hong Kong and it was just like... Oh, because <laughs> yeah. ch- ch- so, because of my Yugoslav education I can read the Cyrillic alphabet and write oh, um, so okay. I can read and write the, the Cyrillic alphabet yeah. so, so Russia and the Slavic language means that though it's very different from English I don't feel particularly alien in Russia I can read the road right. signs, train signs I, know I can understand enough of the language to not feel totally foreign Whereas China was the first time in my life where, you know, I knew there were floods going on. But if you pick up a newspaper, you wouldn't even be able to pick out the name of a town. So, you know, you could right. be anywhere in Europe watching the news, watching a video and then the thing comes underneath. You don't need to be able to speak Spanish to recognise Madrid written in the Latin alphabet. It's yeah. not. So you, I just felt to- for the first time in my life uh, unable to communicate I found it very difficult to pick up any bits of the language. Yeah. Uh, well, the language is a huge sort of point of kind of stress and going away, and it's it it. But and I, I, it's a lot easier with you know now technology is the technology is there to sort of help a lot more. And you you know Google Translate, you can hold up to a sign now in Chinese and it will translate it for you into English, and things like that. I would have just loved when I was you know out in japan just um because it's not in english um <laughs> it's just stuff isn't it, in english why would it be and, and that's fine but even just like um it was a good way of dealing like i was in marrakesh um like walking through marrakesh and lots of people wanting to sort of um oh where are you going where i'm sort of i'm trying to have a sort of leisurely stroll and there's lots of people going i'll tell you where do you want to go i'll show you exactly where you want to go the fastest possible way i'm like it's cool, uh, but being able to sort of have my phone and go, look, now I've got a map here, it's fine. <laughs> like it was, even that was quite useful, like kind of knowing where I'm going the whole time. Um, whereas, uh, yeah, before that, like, because I, I, I do a lot of traveling on my own, really, like I've always, I've always, like I've done a lot of trips solo 
um, over the years, which isn't the most fun. Like I've done a little bit of interrailing on my own. I did, um, yeah, sort of Marrakesh and uh, and the sort of Sahara. Um, kind of went down there uh, to Dar Sidi Bunu, um, and uh, like, um, yeah, it's just it's just a bit. Yeah, it's, 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 I don't know, it's fine. It, you, I sort of, I'm checking in, but then I'm wandering around looking for somewhere to eat where I can sit on a table on my own and not feel too self-conscious. And, like, all that kind of business gets a bit kind of, like, overbearing. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was, like, just for a long time, it was kind of my own, if I wanted to travel. Because my plan as a teen, as when I was younger, was always band get signed, world tour, see the world that way, like go to countries that way with the band, like play a gig, see the cities, play the next gig. That was always, and it was probably my mid-twenties by the time I realised, ah, I'm going to have to do this myself, aren't I? And actually, but then it like as it, it seems like I've, I've got flown around by work a lot more in the end than, um, well, yeah, than, than, than musical fame, unfortunately. Um yeah we've been on lots of work trips together but i've done i've done i have been to hong kong once with work as well and new york i went to with work uh Mm -hmm. different job to the ones we've done together but uh also company the same company we worked at the same company at the same time a different project um i but traveling for work is just i used to do loads but it always Mm. sounds so glamorous oh yeah i've just come back from hong kong i've just done a and it just isn't (laughs) <laughs> it's time. I think a lot of travel a lot of travel is a lot better on paper than it is in <laughs> I don't know if I'm travelling under my own steam is that it's a complete and for pleasure that, that I'm a very different person I pack differently my expectations are different I am but I, I've always when I've travelled for work tried to do something that allows me a bit of time or a bit of but it can be really hard to get that little I don't know, cultural experience, because ultimately what you're doing is just going to a lot of well-serviced hotels yeah. in different parts of the world with the, with slightly different weather outside and you yeah. hardly get to leave the compound. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Uh, it's not really... And, you know, a, a business hotel is a business hotel anywhere yes. in the world frankly there's um, a certain yeah. standard and a certain type of service and certain the buffets the breakfast buffet, buffet. <laughs> yeah. i liked my hong the hong kong breakfast buffet was good though because you got sort of like both you got like dumplings and Ooh. sushi stuff like next to like fried eggs and like, <laughs> bacon and My China, my Trans-Siberia plus China in 96 was, that was my first experience of not being able to communicate. Because when it comes to European languages, I can, first of all, I'm not afraid to just say words in the hope that people will understand me and then have a go at trying to find a common language. What ended up happening in China is I got really good at sign language, number one, just, you know, making myself understood and we did all right with that you know two people sleep whatever you know you can you can mime a lot of life and i think in china because dialects from village to village are so different people do expect they don't necessarily expect to be able to understand each other immediately the Mm. the problem arrived when then they would assume because everyone uses the same 
writing, mm. they sort of go, oh, you don't understand me. I'll write it down. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> no, that's not helping me at all. And then I'd get our guidebook out and show sort of their writing and our writing. I'm like, okay, that's not going to work. But I, you can still have a laugh with people, I think. You know, yeah. if you're just, or they can laugh at you or whatever. <laughs> we did When we did go from the very northern, most northern point of Alaska to the most southerly point in uh, Argentina. We, uh, on, our motor, on our motorbike, we, hmm. we did learn Spanish. The first thing we did when we got to Mexico, so that trip took 10 months and hmm. was, uh, by the end of it, we, it is not a 23,000 mile journey, but that's how many miles we did because we right. went, you know, we meandered a little bit um, and went back up to Buenos Aires because we flew home from there. Um, but we, um, it, if you want some, those, those are my stats. <laughs> Please stat me up. But what, what happened was as we were traveling through North America, before we went and while we were traveling through North America, many, many people told us we were going to die in Mexico. <laughs> so the the uh, citizens of the United States of America, many of them, are uh, very happy to tell you that you are going to get killed in Mexico. Flips' uh, sake, just because because it's unsafe. You're going to get robbed. You're going to get killed. So how was Mexico? No, it was fine. I mean, we had some basic. Well, it was brilliant. I had a wonderful time. No, it wasn't just fine. We had a great time. But as the night before we crossed the border, because we crossed at Tijuana, I was absolutely. We had prepared backup plans for our backup plans for our backup plans of all the things that were going to go wrong or could go wrong or might go wrong. Though I think that's mm. an important thing in life. You do have to take a moment to go. Okay what could go wrong and what we're going to do if it does and then proceed as though it isn't (laughs) because okay you know there's no there's no given um but uh the night before i woke up and my jaw was almost locked because obviously all night i'd just been like (laughs) grinding my jaw (laughs) with all this kind of preparation anyway the crossing the border was effortless uh we but what we had done is i'd pre-booked a language school in ensenada mexico where we were going to live with a Mexican family for two weeks and go to school right. and learn Spanish. Um, so we only, from the border to these people's house, was, I think, something like 150 kilometres or something. So we knew exactly mm. where we'd going. And on the subject of navigating, I had a paper map. I had, a, you know, preloaded <laughs> maps into our GC, GC, GPS and into our... Uh, um, a phone so like you know again yeah. I'd got backups to my backups to yeah. know exactly how I was going to do this um but and there's something about the time we spent in Ensenada that slowly as Spanish became a less alien language so did our you know with there's a kind of a, a proportional relaxation that happens because when you don't know what's going on around you and you can't understand the difference between a a, a passionate conversation and an argument and a you know like it all sounds foreign Mm. then it's scary that's you know oh my god you know you're and everyone's been telling you that everyone's gonna kill you so you're like we had a wonderful we had a really lovely time the family we lived with were perfect for you know they'd been taking on language students for 20 odd years so you know know the mum didn't speak any English whatsoever and prepared our dinners and we always had telenovelas on in the background which you telenovelas oh, like they're 
famous Spanish language, mostly Mexican, uh, produced, I think, and Argentinian, that kind of just soap operas. But they're really simple. Soap operas are simple. Mm. They're brilliant when you're learning a language and they're all very overacted. So you can work out what's going on. And then uh, the teacher didn't speak any English, but the father of the family did. So if you got really stuck... um, we could help but what happened to us that their brother-in-law was a mexican truck driver so we sat down with him in a map of mexico and he sort of went don't go here <laughs> right <laughs> don't go here and drew circles <clears throat> around places he considered to be dangerous okay and frankly we just and you know he left us with a beautiful route that we could do that he didn't you know hit by but i mean if somebody drives a truck around mexico for a living and they're mexican and they tell you not to go somewhere i mean fair enough he said just there's no yeah. reason so we didn't so we didn't go um but so we had a but we had a great time in mexico we had rules like we had to find somewhere to stay before it got dark so with the bike was parked all the places we stayed, and this is true of anywhere where we couldn't camp, the bike wouldn't be parked on the street. So it's it was allowed into the receptions of hotels. And really? yeah, 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 it was amazing what people are, um, you know, they know you want to keep the bike safe. If the bike gets stolen, it's the end of the trip. So mm. they're like, they're incredibly accommodating of making sure, especially if you speak enough Spanish to go, oh, my husband, he's paranoid about his motorbike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, oh, I understand. Okay, like, let's try and put it here. Great. Okay. But yeah, my Spanish got, I mean, it, I, I didn't bother with uh, tenses. I just learned to say right. two weeks ago, I am doing. There wasn't I time. I handle that. I just, I don't... I just, I'd be like, ah, I've got to, I can't. Yeah, but as long as you... <laughs> I'm sure if, if necessity, I'm sure that would, uh, yeah, like I just need to travel more to more places where I, yeah. But you can have good chats with people without ha- being able to speak accurately. You can have a laugh. You can make jokes. You can make people laugh. I think that's important. I think being on my own, like going to places on my own is just, it's just like, if I do have someone else to like bounce off of um, yeah i mean there were yeah, two of us that makes it hard that trip was amazing in so many ways that there's just the um you, you know you, you're drive riding through you know you've got alaska is beautiful and hardly any people in, in Alaska and you kind of European bread oh, and we were well prepared I, I had got the you know the kit that we'd got was good we could we we didn't really have any any or many emergencies along the way thankfully but I'd got you know mozzie nets and I, I was ready for Alaska but my brain hadn't mapped what it means when towns are so far apart because in Europe to run out of petrol in Europe it is a particular kind of lack of skill planning. It's like there's a petrol station every, what, 10 minutes? Even autobahn, mm. every 26 kilometres, 30 kilometres, you know, they're just it's impossible. We leave Anchorage, Alaska, we're like, ah, that dot on the map that looks like a town is in fact somebody's house. <laughs> so oh, there is no, there's like, 200 miles to and the motorbike we had had a very big range but we're like we might run out of fuel okay what are we going to do if we run out of fuel if one of us stays with the motorbike but then they're exposed to bears (laughs) so we both need to leave the motorbike and go and get some fuel or uh, you know how do you actually luckily we didn't run out of fuel but it was a quick lesson in 
you know, plan where you're going to refuel. Um, Yikes. And things like the Dalton Highway, it is quite tricky for a motorbike to do um, without, because of the distance between the fuel stops. Um, but not, uh, but Argentina and Chile were the only places where we had to carry extra fuel because we didn't mm. have the range. So it's all kind of, but it's these kind of things. It's all different. You know, it's either North and South America are such on such a different scale to Europe. That's the thing that you don't mm. realize. But as with Europe, as you're going through Central and South America, you're going through all these countries that speak the same language and yet the culture is different. There are cultural mm. nuances and differences that just make all of them. Uh, it, there's not a homogenous mass of Central and South America. Therefore, everyone is like this. Um, there are there are cultural differences, just like there are from small, tiny country to tiny country across Europe. It's that same. You know, you get that different vibe. I don't try and do everything when I get somewhere. You know, I don't think you can. You know, people give you these, like, you must see, must do, must eat, must. It's like, well, I might just go for a little walk first, <laughs> see what I like, and just get a feel for a place. Um, it's nice to go to the supermarket, isn't it? it, it just yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. have a wander around, see <laughs> see what's weird, see what's normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, we stayed on that trip. We had uh, like a, a three, four weeks off. Around Christmas, we um, found a little apartment in Cartagena. In fact, Paul's wife found it, found it and then then we rebooked it and, and extended mm. a stay there. Um, Paul, who I went, did the Trans-Siberian with, you mm. know, he, and they, because they came over and met up with us at, at, around Christmas time. And then, uh, but we had this sort of like month of being stationary and kind of living in Cartagena in an apartment and going to the supermarket and... Uh, and I kept going to the same supermarket all the time. And then literally the night before we left, I found this other supermarket. If only I'd gone sort of two rows across, which was amazing. It was like, it was like <laughs> why have I only just found this? Uh, <laughs> but that's because, again, we ended up getting friendly with some of the neighbours because it was a block with that we were the only non-Colombian um, people. And so we... Um, Sort of, but it takes a while for people to 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 warm up, and then they all took us to the supermarket so we could cook a dinner together. Mm. That's how I found the nice supermarket. But you know, well, that's 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 why I think that's why Airbnb is quite a good um, thing to do there because you actually do have to sort of interact with someone kind of local. Yeah, that's and, true. Like, you might see them, and like you know, when when I was kind of like scoping out Berlin, like. I was kind of staying for this place for a couple of weeks and then I kind of bumped into the guy on the street the one day and he was like, oh, I'm going to this club. Do you want to come? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. let's do that. And so, you know, things happen. But then as soon as you've sort of settled into a routine, that kind of like dries up. Or if you're just staying in a hotel, there's, you know, you're not really going to do that. Um, have you been to any of these sort of like weird looking, like interesting looking Airbnbs that they kind of put on their on the website? A tree house? No. Any of that stuff? No, but I've I've stayed like when we were in Alaska, we made we uh, we were 
lot of these things are kind of long stories, but we did end up meeting some people who, as we were sat in a in a campsite uh, on the on the Dalton Highway, which is that what road from Ice Road Truckers, mm. and this uh, woman pulls up in a car and she goes. Have you seen a cyclist called Salva? <laughs> and you've got to imagine there's just nothing around. There's just a flat piece of land with a few picnic benches and barrels that you can make a fire in. You can mm. see your, you, you know, you can see for miles. There's massive mosquitoes. <laughs> there's the sun's not going down. It's you know you get a little mm. bit of dusk at best. You've got a, a, a road that sees a car or a truck or a motorbike every hardly ever and then suddenly this car turns up and uh we're like no we haven't seen a cyclist <laughs> she was like oh well i must have missed him do you fancy a glass of wine <laughs> and then she, <laughs> and she just sat down and we drank a bottle of wine with her and some cake that she'd made for for salva the cyclist and we kept the rest of the cake and we did meet salva later and made him cake and a coffee because there was no wine left mm. at that stage but um he um but then she just drew us a map and said well when you're coming back through fairbanks pop in so you know we did we went up and we came, we came, went to the top, to the top and we're on our way back we're like should we go and see that woman well you know what's the worst that can happen well she could be a psycho you <laughs> know it's like what are we going to do well i tell you what let's let's go down and if i scratch my eyebrow we're leaving so kind of a thing okay. kind of a conversation because you're taking all your paranoia with you when you go on a trip like that mm-hmm. all your tv shows you've ever seen or everything is there with you as you travel yeah. all the stories anyone's told you and uh, we got to see, and they live uh, that they live in a, a in a. We stayed there for three or four days. They've been to visit us in England. They've made they made they kind of set the tone for our trip because we said yes to right. so many other invitations. But they mm. have built their own wooden uh, house, you know, out of log log cabin type. It's just beautiful amazing in the middle of nowhere they've got you know they they sort of lived in a yurt for a bit and built it and their nearest neighbors are eight miles away and mm. moose come and raid raid their garden and it's just a different so i think i've stayed in weird places but not because i've sought them on airbnb mm, just by being a human and talking to <laughs> The more we talk about this, the more I'm thinking, I don't like it. I don't like travel. You don't like travel? I don't like being somewhere unfamiliar. I don't like not knowing what to do. I don't like not knowing what to say. I don't like having to start <laughs> talk to strangers. I don't like having to look at the coins in my hand to try and find the numbers on them to see how much something costs. I don't like like there not being a itsu. Uh, I don't like just being worried that my stuff's going to get stolen or that I'm going to get bitten by mosquitoes or that I'm going to be on a bus for nine hours. I I just don't think I like it. Or having to go through airport security and someone's going to, you know, 
body scan me and like just <laughs> someone's going to steal my sunglasses someone's going to i don't know i i'm going to have jet lag it's rubbish <laughs> miserable fucker <laughs> don't like it I just want to. I just want to sit on my couch and have my TV and feel guilty that I'm not travelling to more places. <laughs> you go to the beach and you're just like uh, everyone. Just, just everyone's walking around bollocks, bollocks to it. I say bollocks to it. Uh, yeah, I, no, I, I don't, don't agree with you at I, all. It's just. It's like I. It's so good when you just do talk. Get talking to someone. But I just have find there's a real barrier there. I just think of like Thailand, like the, when we sort of like got to know some people that ran this little bar, and that was really nice. Being in just um, Budapest and like in this bar on the roof, and suddenly getting talking to someone, and they turn out to be into some sort of like tech subject that I was quite interested in, and sort of making a connection, or like you know different place place. It's it's good when you do it, but I'm just the I'm just not. I'm not good at like um, letting my guard down and sort of just talking to people. Like, so if you're sort of like parent, it's not like I'm paranoid that they're going to murder me. It's just like it just takes a lot for me to kind of not be sort of insular and sort of not kind of be sort of protecting myself emotionally and like kind of and just I kind of I don't know if I'm assuming the worst or of, of people or what, but. Yeah, and especially now that I don't drink, I have I've sort of quit drinking a while back. So now I'm not even gonna go and sort of like be loosened up. But even that's not easy. Like going to a bar on your own and just sort of having to sit there and find you know in the corner it doesn't work. You've got to kind of develop techniques yeah. for kind of wandering around in such that you will kind of pass people. Like there's so, there's it's a whole world of like traveling on your own anyway. Maybe yeah. is more what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean and I, I kind yeah. of. If I'm there with someone a bit more social, then yeah, that there's a lot more scope for it to be a thing. Or if I'm there with someone that I can at least, if I'm embarrassed, I can look out that I know is on my side. Like I can do that. But if I'm just on my own, it's just I I just find it so. I've got so many miserable travel experiences, <laughs> like, and I'm like, well, at least I can say I've been here. But actually, like while I was there, I had sore feet. Just because I was walking around with a bag that was a bit too heavy all day, like, and I just end up walking everywhere because I don't, I'm too kind of nervous about getting the working out how the transport works or how the bus works. So I just end up like walking for hours on end and having sore feet and a sore back and bollocks to it. <laughs> <laughs> you are a funny one. I am, um, I'm quite, yeah. So, one thing that I will say for being a business traveler traveling on your own in America is the bar staff are if you go and sit at a bar in a restaurant or eat or drink or whatever mm. on your own in America you will always have a great conversation <laughs> with the bar staff <laughs> everyone's always up for it that's the best thing about what that's the that's what they're really good at um, yeah, I've done. I've done. You know, I've done. And, they, and they're yeah, kind it's of nice like, in America we, that you yeah, can we know. We know and... that you know it's because there's this culture of eliciting tips from people. But it's still when you're travelling on your own. I'm very glad of it. But I mean, I think the yeah. Tell me how to not feel this way. <laughs> tell me what. Tell me some techniques for how to kind of like break. You know, how well, there's you this weird thing because I, you know, I'm I'm I've travelled enough to be 
have I been robbed? My dad got robbed. My father was terrible at kind of like, right, kids, you've got to be very careful. We're in Paris now. There are lots of pickpockets. You've got to be careful. You've got to be careful. <laughs> and we, we got on the on the metro and he got robbed. And <laughs> we lost. Oh. We lost, you know, he'd just been to cash point, taking loads of money out. And he got he got pickpocketed. <laughs> but the, the glee <laughs> from the rest of the family that it was him who'd got pickpocketed, <laughs> not us. <laughs> was just amazing but um, but yes so i be you know i've got a healthy level of paranoia i think in terms of say if i'm walking down the road and a car pulls over and wants to ask me for directions mm. i will take a step back but also yeah. say hello sure where do you want to get to <laughs> you know i will i remember walking out of the eurostar in paris and a guy and i had an umbrella and a suitcase and a guy walked up to me and started asking me something. But before I answered him, I put my suitcase between the two of us. So I'm always mm. very polite and very happy to talk to people. But okay. I will also set up a, a right now. I don't know who a you barrier. are and what you're trying to going to yeah. try and do. So let's right. let's just create a bit of distance. Um, so there is that side. I think there is that side of it of being aware that whilst really most people, in my experience, especially on that big that big long American journey or the journey across the Americas without doubt that that trip was made by the people that we met both who were also traveling and the people who invited us into their homes and hosted us and all that kind of thing we met some great people and you have well it's not going to be made by the trees and buildings is it it's, well but no it is I mean there is that as well because we did that trek in Nepal went to Mount Everest base camp that's not really about people that's about walking <laughs> in in beautiful surroundings and thinking how did this area of the world ever how did people ever come to live here <laughs> why do they mm. live here what happened um there's a bit of that i think i think having a mission would be good for me on a holiday like here's something i've got to do here's somewhere we've got to get here's a problem to solve i think i'd enjoy that and maybe that's yeah maybe i should uh, yeah. But do you do, I mean, do you talk to strangers I, in, I, in English? I, 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 like, rarely, and whenever I do, I'm always glad I did. And I know intellectually that I kind of get on with people, I can, if I just kind of get out of this kind of bubble. But it's just hard to, but then that's not always true. Sometimes I'm like, I don't, I, I never feel like getting out of my bubble. And I, and especially when I don't feel safe, which is, um, you know, kind of goes yeah. with traveling a bit. Um, but I like your thing of, okay, be sort of like communicate, but there is some safety, some prote- protection. Because my, you know, my approach to, uh, again, like uh, Marrakesh uh, was just, I kind of went into Brixton mode, which is put my headphones in so that I can ignore people talking to me. Like yeah. I can, I, I don't have to kind of seem, I don't have to, people can't accuse me of being rude or weird because I can just pretend I've got music on and I didn't hear them. So I kind of use that technique quite a lot. But that is just a hard barrier. That's not like a... I'm going to talk to you, but there is going to be a sort of safety zone, and maybe maybe I could take a leaf out of that book and sort of... um, Here are the boundaries. When you said... I used mm. my phone, showing people the map on my phone to let them know that I knew where I was going. My yeah. brain went, what? You showed people your phone? Yeah, well, <laughs> I, was like, I, was, I, was, I like, wasn't worried about, <laughs> about having your phone nicked. They're not going to get my phone. <laughs> they won't <laughs> get my phone. Um, <laughs> but the, uh, <laughs> to be, to take this slightly deeper for a second, 
there is mm. something easier about having superficial conversations with strangers than having a real conversation with somebody you know and love or or don't love you know having that's much it's much easier to go hi how are you today have you had a nice day and do that kind of like oh you know even um things like uh you know seeing something happening and and talking to the other person on the street and going i didn't just make i did just see that didn't i and then having that mm. sort of, you know, saying out loud what probably both of you are thinking is a nice mm. way of connecting. But but then I think I got taught, my dad used to bring stray people home all the time. He just used to, and I, I think it is a way of being that you learn a bit as well. Like mm. it's normal to talk to strangers, therefore talk to strangers. And yeah, the, well. there's this interesting thing I read the other day um, there's a woman, you know, this whole telling children not to talk to strangers thing. Um, yeah. And uh, there's a, I was reading an article about a woman who's told her, doesn't tell her children not to talk to strangers because A, that doesn't work and children do talk to strangers, uh, but to not go anywhere with strangers. <laughs> yeah, which is actually, you know, because they do all these tests where, you know, policeman goes into school and says children don't talk to strangers and then they let them all out into the playground and within you know i don't know 10 minutes put some strangers in and all the kids are like hi <laughs> what's your name because <laughs> it's like it's quite normal to go to be curious about other human beings and asking people questions is a surefire way of starting a conversation because yeah. we all like to talk about ourselves well yeah but i yeah so if you go oh my god where did you what are you eating <laughs> i'll do that what, what's that where's that on the menu are you gonna that was on yeah. the they were saying that on the guilty feminist this week as well weren't they or last week it was like questions are just the best thing in the world <laughs> so you just ask a question and you're away <laughs> and i've never quite I've, I, I i'm always glad when i remember to do it but it's not one of my habits like it's not a, i'm in a bad habit of not really you know asking anyone about themselves but then you know i suppose i've had lots of practice asking questions because i have i'm a user researcher i have this spent hundreds of hours getting people to talk to me as honestly as I can possibly get them to do. Mm. So yeah, I do get yeah. to practice. Um, but, uh, but I think genuine, genuinely being curious. So like if Nick, Nick and I have conversations about people we met, Oh, I met this person today. And do you know what we were talking to, we were, we were talking to, to each other at each other for an hour. And I don't think he asked me a single question about <laughs> me is an observation mm. we'll both make about somebody. It's like, how, yeah. why would you talk to me for this long and not, aren't you mildly curious? Or do you think your stories are so interesting that finding out about, it's just that if you want to mm. set up a, a conversation with somebody, you got to be a bit curious. You got <laughs> to go, oh hello, how are you today? What about that? Uh, what yeah. do you think? I've got to get, yeah, I've got to get better. But I think I'm, I think I'm okay. But yeah, some people just they, you can. I've spent hours with someone, and having just had kind of a big event in my life, and they didn't even ask me how I was <laughs> like yeah, yeah. the whole time, and I'm like, what the actual yeah. flip?
I think traveling is uh, both an education and a kind of a meditation. Because some of the things you're talking about in terms of like, you know, thinking and finding where you're supposed to be eating next or what, or, you know, your life gets reduced mm. to actually some quite simple, for if you sort of suddenly, because you've gone away, certainly in my scenario, the fact that I'm away means that kind of my bills, I'm not going to be earning, I don't have to worry about paying my bills because I've mm. set this time, time aside and the money aside to it. So that's, yeah. so now my, my problems are, where am I? Where do I need to, where am I trying to get to? What do I want to eat? How do I want to get there? Like, it's just really suddenly, where am I going to sleep? It's suddenly all yeah. simplified. And I, I think mm. I quite like that bit as well. I have done that, like rolled into a city without knowing where I was going to stay assuming I'd be able to find like um find like an internet cafe or something and then it's Sunday and everything's closed and like like, what am I going to do and and it's quite good when you do sort of solve something like that no one speaks English (laughs) um (laughs) like 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 again like those assumptions you have that suddenly oh stuff could be closed on a certain day of the week that's you know that's not something I'm used to having to consider it's a, that's a weird one when we did a project in Abu Dhabi and Friday and Saturday are the weekend and Sunday's the sort of first day of the week right that's just a bit of like oh well, why don't they call Sunday Monday <laughs> yeah. wait a minute <laughs> doesn't work <laughs> it's not how it works um, so it's just you know there's kind of all these weird little uh, differences and differences that you don't expect no um I like what you said about going somewhere and then realizing that a lot of the things, the conventions that we have, have developed. You know, they're 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 different in different places. They've evolved differently. And there's no real reason mm. that one is better than the other. It's yeah. just what what evolved as the thing. Yeah. The same, I suppose, in weird ways, natural language. It's like. Um, you know the sounds we make to mean different things have evolved differently in some different yeah. geographies and it's like you know there's no particular there's no right set of sounds that are better yeah. than the others it's just like on this you know you asked when we were talking about money you asked what would you do if you had loads of money where you didn't have to worry mm. about i uh i probably would do an awful lot of traveling or being places i don't think it would be necessarily constantly on the move but like you you know you went to live in berlin for a bit mm. and i think i'll i think nick and i are still likely to do a bit of this or within reason but like there's a few places i'd like to go and live for a year i'd like yeah. to go and live in alaska for a whole year just to alaska. yeah just to be there for to see it for a <laughs> okay. whole year it would be very wintry and dark for a lot of the time, mm. but it also be yeah. northern lights. I want to see the northern lights. I haven't done managed that yeah, yet. Me too. I really, that is. I went to Iceland. I went to Iceland uh, once for like a few days, but it was raining the whole time. Oh, Didn't get to see unlucky. nothing. Um, so Alaska, I'd love to go and live in Alaska for a year just to see it, be it, experience it. I'd like to go and do. Nick and I talked about living somewhere where you can ski. So I don't know. Germany, Switzerland, France, but in a ski place. Mm. So we can kind of, because he's done seven ski seasons and he's brilliant at skiing. And I am not Mm. brilliant at skiing, but I'd like to get better at skiing. And I also, I think it'd be nice to hang out on a mountain for a year. 
Um, and be yeah. yeah yeah I think yeah so you can see the whole season you can see everything yeah. you can see you know run around on a mountain in the summertime run around you know ski around it in the winter time see how the seasons change I'd like to I, I, I miss um, like Thailand just being on a beach having a sort of hut little house that you could sort of sit outside and it was just nice and warm and you can see the sea and it's all nice and I, I'd you know, part on the one hand, I'd quite like to do that, but then my my block with a place that's super relaxed is that the music that I like and make isn't <laughs> wouldn't work there, and I just there's only so much Bob Marley I can listen to um, after a while because you know it, so <laughs> I kind of need to live somewhere a bit like nastier, um, or I'm just going to end up feeling un- unfulfilled in different ways maybe. <laughs> But yeah, I I, I do want to just go. I, I like. I just want to go somewhere warm and just not, you know, just nice for a bit. That's yeah. yeah. Do you would are there any epic journeys you'd like to do? I, I'm not. I don't think I I'd want to do an epic journey. I think I'd kind of want to. I I I like dip my toe in for a few days, come back. Any longer trips I've ever had have not gone too well. So um. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't want to be travelling for months on end. I think that would be... I think I'd hate that. <laughs> I've got this weird thing, like, but it happened to me at the end of that Trans-Siberian thing and at the end of the motorbike thing, where I'm like, oh, my God, I've got to go home. Oh my, I've, got to, I've got to start earning a living. Oh, my God, I've got to go, I've got to go. And then, actually, when I get home, I'm like, why did I have to go? <laughs> like... <laughs> Why couldn't I have just done a little bit more, stayed away for a little bit longer, or just done that extra thing? So I think you're, for me, I always want, I, I get reach a point, and I don't know what that point is, where it's like, I'm done now, mm. I've got to go back. and earn a, I get worried about how much money I haven't earned, or how much savings yeah. I don't have left, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> so that's, I'm done, I'm done. Um, but the scare, I, for me, the travelling thing, like the big trips thing, just I think it does teach you a little bit to step into your fears because I was Mm. terrified about going on the motorbike trip really both from a oh my god what's going to happen to my career (laughs) Mm. work what am I going to do what am I going to do what are people going to think what am I going to put on my CV (laughs) all that sort of stuff actually actually nobody cares like mm. you, you haven't even talked to me about it because you don't care about my trip. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're talking. I, I won't talk to you about anything now unless we're recording. So, you know, just don't. <laughs> uh, so any topics I want to cover with you, I need to suggest them for a podcast. Um, suggest a grand <laughs> header under which they could be discussed. done any like first class 
travel. Oh, are you gonna, is this your... Ivanka, tell us about what it was like to travel by private jet. Oh, or just even first class. I've <laughs> never have... done anything but economy, and I, I sort of worry that if I did experience slightly better conditions that I wouldn't ever want to go back. <laughs> well, I think there's the... Uh, so I've never travelled first class on an aeroplane. I have travelled business class on that trip that was New York to Hong Kong and back and the because the client mm. was paying. Okay. And that was very nice. <laughs> Just being not being cramped. I think travelling by train, you see, I think that's where it's at in terms of comfort. Trans-Siberian Railway, really? cushettes across Europe. Just being able to lie down in a bed and be travelling is just the, the, the way <laughs> forward, you know, not getting ne- ache, aches and pains. So, yes, the, yeah. the, the private jet uh, was the ultimate in luxury travel. And uh, people can send me hate mail about my climate, my uh, carbon footprint. <laughs> <laughs> but the... Uh, I did. Hypocrite. Hypocrite. Ivanka Myers <laughs> yeah. flew on a private jet. Yeah, but, you know, but they're... But then I think in in many ways I was helping to decrease its carbon footprint by ensuring what? a optimum number of tra- passengers. On, right, okay. on, on, otherwise, sure, it would have been sure. travelling with an empty chair. I mean, and that's not sure. good. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that is partic- a particular kind of lovely, really. Um, uh, would I? It's just cool as well. It's a cool story, though, because you're travelling on a private jet, jet with your boss. Uh, it's yeah. That's that, why that's I, like a, I didn't envy you. But I uh, <laughs> and I, it's quite funny because your colleagues that you're with, they're like, "Oh my god, I'm on a plane with the boss. I must say intelligent things. This is my opportunity <laughs> to pitch my idea or think of my thing or say my thing." And I was like. <laughs> Right, I'm on a plane. Normally, travel time wouldn't be work time, so mm. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about work. <laughs> Can I have a? I'd, yes, I'd love a coffee. Thank you. Yes, alcoholic beverage. Thank you. Don't mind. Um, but uh, so I was much more trying to keep things not focused on work. Um, mm. But I did enjoy flying. That you know, you mentioned at one one of these me getting covered in hives when I get. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really into a thing yeah you know like if i'm really really that breaking point and flying back from dallas was my big my one of my biggest work hives outbreaks <laughs> and i got on the private jet and i was like oh, oh my god and as i was on there because these these hives they were all over my face my everywhere my whole body oh. but they they were starting to like attack my lips <laughs> and so at one point I had to say to Claire Claire uh, I think my lips are really swelling up just so you know <laughs> is there an EpiPen on the flight because I didn't know like how bad this was going to get it's like oh, I'm going to die now oh, <laughs> of high of like an allergic of a, kind of like a whatever it is stress, a stress response. response to life <laughs> to work oh god but uh, oh but what I did was I just went, I thought, okay, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die comfortable. So I went and lay down, got under a duvet and went to sleep. I thought that was <laughs> that was the best thing to do on a private jet flying, you know, across the Atlantic. <laughs> what, what What's the point? If you're going to sit up and talk to people, you might as well have been in the economy. <laughs> but the advantage is a duvet and a bed. That is, that is like luxury travel for me. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna say, um, it, as a, as a, as a sort of an account of sort of super lush, super luxury travel on like Singapore Airlines or something. Uh, Casey Neistat has a video 
where he sort of documents his flight in like ultra first mega first class and has a shower wow. you know has a like orders like all this luxury food and stuff i don't um that's worth like having a look at on youtube if you want to see this sort of pinnacle of, of luxury travel of um yeah commercial uh yeah luxury travel but the um the, i did this this new york to hong kong trip that i did that was cathay pacific that was very mm. nice um, and I'd read before because I was on this work trip, so I and I was I so I had to work. <laughs> so and I'd been reading about how to mitigate, how to best mitigate jet lag. Um, and yeah. the thing about New York to Hong Kong is it's sixteen hours. <laughs> it's, like, it's an unbelievably long time on an airplane, even if it mm. was comfortable. But I'd read this thing about you should before you get on the plane, you should have the last proper meal according to you know. So if you get on at dinner time, have dinner get on the plane and then don't eat anything until you land and then have the next appropriate meal. So I was Mm. experimenting with that approach and it's just to drink loads of tomato juice, stay hydrated. But these, Mm. these are the, the people working on on Cathay Pacific were like, what what do you mean? You don't want any food. (laughs) What about a little, I was like, no, I'm really, I'm, you know, I'm fine. Thank you. So yeah, but do you want, no, honestly, but we'll make you a little. And then they ended up like cutting up. They were so nice because they couldn't understand why I wouldn't want it. They kept cutting up. Well, how about a little bit of fruit? <laughs> how about it? I was like, okay. It's the only thing you've got. The only thing you've got to look forward to on a flight usually. Yeah. But like it is, it is. I just remember being given like a chalk ice in the dark on this flight to Japan and like um you're like I'm just everyone's just going to be covered in chocolate now aren't they that's eating this chalk ice in the dark at who knows what time of the day it is Probably. one thing I've um one thing I have noticed from traveling is like the flight is fine you can watch the films and you can you can sort of settle in you know whatever but it's it's the journeys once you're on the other side that you sort of forget to think about sometimes like um, kind of Thailand, like going down through Thailand or going down through um, Morocco, like just like on some sort of rickety, bumpy bus um, and then having to get in like some little van that it's like super hot and there's obviously like no air conditioning or anything. You're sort of like sticking to things and you're just there in like a traffic jam for like three hours. And like it's those journeys that you sort of like... Um, you kind of have to that's like the real travel like the flight there is sort of quite easy yeah 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 yeah. flying is easy yeah you're crossing the time zones but i guess train even as well but it's like once you're kind of trying to kind of move around within a country like yeah especially if you don't know what you're doing or you go like the super cheap option that's like that's the that's the i mean i mean the thing about (laughs) airplanes is you can't get on the wrong plane and you can't yeah you know it's just a bit it's it can be tedious um, but it's you know the whole getting to the airport early and all the nonsense yeah. with airport security and la la la. But you know the coming getting out the other end. The funniest that I went, I went to Moscow with my sister. I took my sister on a, for twenty first birthday and went. We went. Um, um, somehow we got off the plane first, but ended up last through passport control because everybody just went to the front of the queue. And we, you know, like good <laughs> British people, stood stood queuing. It's like, hello, how did all these people get through before us? What did we do wrong?
um so yeah like i i i I've, I've i've had my little rant this week i've realized that i yeah i want to travel but i i kind of feel like the experience of it yeah if i could just learn to be a bit more mindful and kind of in present um and kind of enjoy that kind of mundane activities becoming annoyingly complicated then um perhaps i would enjoy it a lot more um i've got a wonderful person to go away traveling with now yes. that I didn't have before. I think that's so going to make now all the difference. All future trips will be wonderful. And I'm sure she's been listening to this going, Oh my God. Oh, no. <laughs> but actually, like, so much of it was just traveling alone yes. is my issue, not like traveling per se. It's just like doing it on your own is just, it's, it's a, it's harder. It's a bore. It is. Yeah, it's so hard. Oh, yeah, I don't. And I've just had to do it too much and I don't like it. I've always actively avoided it. Because it's more, it is nicer to be able to go. Oh my God! Did you see that? <laughs> is that normal? <laughs> or Nick and I used to have on the motorbike. He used to just wave his eye every time because we saw so many beautiful views, and obviously you can't talk to each other on a motorbike. And so he would just like wave his arm out and just go, "Look, <laughs> <laughs> look, look now!" So travel, do lots of it, everybody. It's brilliant. But watch your carbon yeah. footprint as well. So don't do much. T- um. <laughs> Turn your heating down and then you can offset that against your um, travelling plans. Okay. We'll, we'll have to, I'm going to have to email our climate change expert and find out about the travelling thing. Yeah. How can I travel and not feel bad? If you like the podcast, <laughs> you can find me at Michael Forrest on Twitter and michaelforrestmusic.com. Oh, and me, I am at, e, at Ivanka on Twitter, ivanka.blog, and that's it. <laughs> at Ivanka Trump or just at Ivanka? No. How did you secure this, this username on Twitter? Incredible. <laughs> And they should put you in the news. Um, You can find us both at grandpodcast.com. And I'm trying to, like, that subscribe button has been a bit of a bugbear for me, like, getting that right. Because I could just put the iTunes link, but then I don't want to, like, Android users not to be able to follow it. But I've got a plan for how to make that work better today that I'm just going to, like, throw up a change to the website. So that it's like, if you want to click on there, because it's nice if we can get the subscriptions, because we finally got our iTunes reports as well. but you can email us as well at hello at grandpodcast.com. <laughs> and well, I, well, I'm going to stop talking about the Patreon until we've um, Done something. made a video and thought of what the pledges are and all that stuff. Because um, I, I thought we, we haven't got to it yet. We just need to get to one, it. One of my friends has asked about merchandise. She wants stickers okay. and, and, and she wants badges and shit like that. Well, we need a good logo. For, we need a good... We Marcus. Need to do, we need to... <laughs> We need a, well, we need a photo shoot. Then I think we need to we need to take some good pictures, and then we need to turn that into the thing. Or because I think it should have our faces, but we just need some good pictures of us. We should be in the same um, place, which we haven't same time. quite got. Yeah. Which so when we record, when we book a studio to do a sort of um, a get have a guest on, then then we'll do it then because we haven't really seen each other in person since we've um, been doing this since meeting conference. All right. So thanks for listening, and um, we'll see you. Yeah, we'll hopefully see you soon. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye, Bye, friends. Bye, everyone. (laughs) Thank you, friends. Friends and family. (laughs)